Well, I saw it when the first Ridgeline came out. Some neat and interesting things that the Honda Ridgeline did with their truck. Sure, it was a unibody pickup truck, and it was part of the brand new rise of the crossover utility truck craze, but that Ridgeline had something different. It made use of every possible space it could have for storage. Now going with an internal combustion engine, this is one of those things where Volkswagen did this in the microbus by having a lower engine to get as much in the ground as possible in the microbus, making it more plausible to have interior space for storage. Putting a smaller engine in the back while creating a frunk. The Beetle. There have been so many internal combustion engine cars over time that have utilized extra space for more storage. But with the rise of the electric vehicle craze, how is that going to change our perception of our automobiles? Will the overall image of them change and become more blended into more of a van style appearance? Or are we just going to make use of that extra space where our big burly engine once stood? All this and more on today's podcast. Welcome back to the Auto Looks Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main website, autolooks.net. If you haven't been there, stop by and check it out. You can find all of our podcasts, ratings, and links to all your favorite corporate websites from automobile companies from around the globe, all on autolooks.net. If you have any issues with it, or if you want to add something to it, please send us an email at email at autolux.net. The Autolux Podcast is brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and hosted by the one and only Podbeam.com and your main host, Everett J. So like I said in the beginning, the EV world is changing the landscape of our automobile industry to a point where things are really starting to make a difference. Tesla first introduced the Model S and showed us something, something completely different. For the past 20 years, more cars and sedans alike have been put into the five seating capacity. And then Tesla releases the Model X with a seven seat capacity. It's not a station wagon. How do you get seven seats in this thing? just started to blow people's minds. We get it the Roadster had a frunk and hell even had storage in the rear. Why? Because the battery pack was underneath of it. But a lot of sports cars have been like that. Where the back is mostly taken up by your, your mobility unit, the front has always been for a small amount of storage where the Roadster gave you a little bit more compared to the Lotus Elise platform it was created off of. But the Model S had these weird rearward facing seats. Perfectly legal in these cars. And there was something that people could have for a little extra expense. But how is this so groundbreaking and something that's going to change the automobile industry as a whole? With the advent of electric vehicles, how is it going to change the landscape and how we see our product lines? Well, we've all seen it with the Model S. Rearward facing seats. You can get an extra two seats in it while still maintaining your trunk space. And while carrying those people, if it's just in and around town, you still have a frunk up front to shove your junk in. If you want to hear more about the frunk, go back and check the Autolux podcast for, hey, Get the frunk out. We both have an article and the podcast about it available on autolux.net. But this, this meant we actually had storage space while our vehicle was maxed out. 
How is that going to change the landscape of electric vehicles? Well, like I said in the intro, the Honda Ridgeline had storage space in its floor. Trucks for years have been putting storage space under the rear bench seats ever since they created four-door trucks. A little bit of extra space in the back made it a little bit easier. I remember my dad with his little Nissan club cab where we had to sit facing each other in the back seats. Yeah, facing. It was a tiny little drop-down seat. You really wouldn't go, want to go on it for a long journey. But now, with four doors, they have a drop-down seat in the back. A full bench, similar to that of our sedans. But with sedans getting this, trucks now actually have storage compartments where you can put stuff into it. One of the biggest issues with trucks has always been if you're going to a major city, a place with, you know, a little bit more crime and uh, a lot more people that might be interested in what's in the box of your truck, you start to wonder yourself, I'm just going to have to put that in the back seat. As of right now, when I travel with my dad, he doesn't have a cover for the back of his pickup truck. So unless we put stuff in the back seat, we have to put it in the box. If it gets wet, that's it. But when Rivian released the R1T, they had both a frunk and similar to the Ridgeline, they had storage compartment underneath the seats, but only accessible from the outside, the pass-through. This also allowed you to add in a tailgating option, making the Rivian R1T the perfect vehicle for going to the football game early. We can go and tailgate and have fun. But like I said, pickup trucks now have this frunk, and this frunk is going to be something that's really going to help them out in the future. The front gives us the ability to put groceries, or hell, even in the R1T, you could fit a small carry-on luggage in it. You don't have to cover the box of your truck now. For a lot of years, people have been looking at it. I remember the old leather covers that were just snapped down. Then we started getting these hard covers that you can lock as one solid unit, and then multiple units. You did this so you can keep the stuff in the box safe. It says a lot of people use pickup trucks to travel now and utilize them as their family vehicle, which is not the intended use of a pickup truck if you go back through the history of them. But with more people utilizing this, the workhorse people can now use an R1T. Because if they gotta make a mad dash trip down to go, you know, hop a plane, go to Mexico for, for a week getaway, throw your luggage in the front, drive down, you don't have to worry about fuck all. Hell, a lot of them even have storage compartments underneath the box, which can be locked. Hell, Dodge released side boxes. Yeah, an opening portion of the Ram 1500 that opens up on the side of the box where you can have a little storage compartment. Yet again, tailgating was involved, as you could throw ice in it and have it as a cooler. Great conception. Consider the fact that the inside of a box has always been wasted space, utilizing it for more storage. But where do we go from here? Hatchbacks really haven't shown us much, except for getting a little bit of extra space in the front, in the front. They're not a whole heck of a lot more. Wagons, a similar appeal. We're not getting more space. Now, when you start moving in to crossovers and the crossover utility market and SUVs, there is a major change for the future. That change is something that I started thinking about when I came up with the idea for this podcast. I was just, I was sitting in my Kia Borrego, which has three row seating in it. Well, if I want to keep that back row up all the time and carry people around all the time, I have less storage space. And that's the only storage space I have in the back. But with a Rivian R1S, with three row seating, I can have the family inside the vehicle. Along with my parents. Along with groceries. 
place. And hell, even if we're traveling, making a day trip somewhere, or making a trip where we gotta stay one night over, we can bring luggage with us. We can put it in the back, and any extras we can put in the front. It's still secure inside of our vehicle, but we're not limited on its space. This comes true with minivans. How many people out there have minivans and they never use their third row? How my brother and sister-in-law own a Dodge Journey that doesn't have a third row, which I always find kind of odd because they never travel. So there's really no use for that massive amount of space behind them. Similar to that of me and my Borrego. Those back seats are hardly ever up. That just uses extra storage and have them folded flat. But while looking at vehicles like this into the future, I could take a stance and say, hey, I can get three row seating. I can keep those seats up and can accommodate more people all the time. And now with less people getting into the automotive market, I could shuttle people around. But how else does this change? You have to think about it. Moving into anything else like the coupes, the convertibles, the sports cars, high performance, there's not really much of a change to them. Their storage has already been limited and with the increase into electronic vehicles and having their power source underneath they're not making much of a change towards the vehicle they're not gaining more storage your front trunk yeah you might get a little bit more storage space there or your hatch you might get a little bit more storage space but similar to that of like trucks and suvs sports cars really benefit from the decrease in space from our dash if you've ever taken a look at the canoe the canoe van, you'll see how that vehicle maximizes the amount of interior space in their vehicle. Sure, it's not a, an exact cube for the road, but it utilizes so much. And by just taking a quick look, I'll just go to our looks and see some of the pictures. We put pictures up about what we talk about as well. You can see the dash of the canoe EV van, where essentially there's nothing really there. It's essentially just a flat piece that comes across the front to hold your steering wheel up. This also makes it easier for us to make this vehicle sellable in multiple markets by moving over, being able to move over the steering wheel from one side to another so easily. Selling it from North America to Australia will be a lot easier. But without that massive dash, there's storage space in front of the front seats. If you go back and take a look at the original microbuses, you sat essentially against the front windshield and with the motor at the back sitting with the floor, it maximized the amount of space. You sat over top of the front wheel and you were sitting almost against the front windshield. And considering the fact that they didn't have much of a dash back then, there was so much open space. It maximized the interior space for the microbus, making it one of those vehicles that people just loved because you were able to do so much with them and bring so many people with it. Why do you think NASA has now utilized the canoe MPVs to bring their astronauts to the shuttle? You could put doors in different locations. Hell, you can attach a seat to the back of the door. Like I said, the canoe MPV van was developed for people who want to run their own Uber service. They developed it to maximize the amount of interior space. They said, hey, we need to make it so that people can go out and pick up as many people as possible in a square footage of a standard vehicle. And that's what they did. In vans, when you're sitting that close to the windshield like the microbus, never had storage in the front, where the canoe actually has storage in front of the driver, where you can either access it from inside of the vehicle, or if you've actually seen the delivery van, it has a flip down option on the front. A front access panel, where your front grill would originally be. You can access extra storage space 
in the front end. And why? All because you don't have an internal combustion engine taking up a massive footprint in the front space of your vehicle. The EV world is changing the look of our vehicles. And not changing them the way of how a Model X has Falcon doors bringing back the DeLorean aspect to the world. No, no. We're talking about rearward facing seats because you have a front trunk. We're talking about pass-throughs. We're talking about the lack of a dashboard. You still need a cluster so you can see how fast you're going, what your charge is, is like, and all the other amenities. But that could be reduced to one simple screen. The interior of a Tesla is simple. Tesla looks at it and says, we don't need all these different gauges, all these different buttons. All we need is one TV. Make everything accessible for one simple area. It may not be the simplest in part due to the fact that it is a digital screen and digital screens can eventually fail, whereas those tiny little knobs in your car still work. And trust me, I own a base model car as my you know little fun back and forth five speed and all those little buttons on my dashboard still work. Unless I blow a fuse, they're gonna work for a very long time, but I need lots of space. Where interior design in the past 20 years has just blown up to this magnificent looking thing. We now look at the interior of our vehicle as what can we take out? What a lot of these electric car companies that are coming out are putting massive screens, wrap around dashes, so you can do as much as possible, so not just the driver has access to it. A company like Tesla is saying, no, we just need one simple screen with everything on it. The only problem is, without a heads-up display, how do you know how fast you're going? You still need a cluster behind you, because when you're driving, what's directly in front of you is the best for you to be able to maintain the automobile with the road. Constantly looking over is not, some, not something that we can do. But taking out all of these things a lot frees up so much space inside. Do you remember when every car had a drive shaft running down the center of the vehicle? And that massive bump you had to jump over. And then we went to front wheel drive and we took away a lot of that extra space. By putting more emphasis on essentially a skateboard underneath of us, the body that gets put on top of these skateboards can be transferred transformed into anything. We can make it into anything and we can utilize as much space as possible as long as there's still a crash safety port. But if you take a look at it, will we move away from having a frunk? Well, unless safety standards change and we could develop a way to ensure that flat-fronted vehicles are just as safe as something with a crash zone in the front, we'll still require them. That frunk is for storage and in the past 40 years, it has become what saves us in the event of a front-end collision. Same with the rear end. Storage compartments aren't just there to store things. The front end's not just for your engine, and the rear is not just for you to store crap in. No, they're called impact zones. They take the brunt of the force to ensure that the center of the vehicle is safe from a collision. But now with those areas being opened up and being able to allow more storage elsewhere, can we reduce the footprint of our overall vehicles? Electric vehicles are starting to showcase to us that city cars are one of those big things that we can look forward to in the future. We don't need to have these massive vehicles to bring everyone else around it when less of us even want to get into ownership, car sharing is really going to open up in the world of electric vehicles. Whereas we don't need such a massive impact 
area, we can now utilize that space to make smaller vehicles and make give ourselves some breathing room in our cities. Whereas the larger vehicles will utilize that space to their benefit. And people will start to look at mid-sized products in the same context that we looked at full-size products. Because those mid-sized products now have the same storage capacity as the full-size ones. Like I said, the Tesla Model S with the rearward-facing seats allows you to fit seven people in your vehicle. Seven people. My Borrego can hold that. My old Mazda CX-9 held that. It holds the same amount, and yet its footprint seems to be smaller. It's a sedan. It's not supposed to be able to hold that much. But our perception is changing. And now as we start blending more of these markets together as we get in the active lifestyle vehicle marketplace, sedans, wagons, hatchbacks are all being blended in. We're utilizing the space we have to give us the products we want. We're changing the dynamics of vehicles. And that goes all the way up to the top tier of mobility. Transports, or semis, most of the brand new electric vehicles are starting to transform them into more of a central driving position. Where most truckers travel by themselves, why do they need a passenger seat? Wouldn't it be easier if you put them in the center of the vehicle so they have a, a better view of what's in front of them and around them? By creating larger greenhouses in front of them, they could see more and manage to stay on top of where they're going a lot better, providing a safer environment for not just themselves, but all of us. And with less of a dash needed, and the fact that you now don't have to shift a million gears, it opens up the interior of those vehicles for those drivers as well. While having their display screen for driving, they can also have their onboard entertainment unit, which while driving can be utilized to show them fuel economy, distance, how much money they're making or losing, on their trip. You can utilize it to do all of your paperwork. The semis of the future are becoming more of mobile offices for truck drivers, where now they can fill out all of their information on board while driving their vehicles. They don't have to wait until they get to unload, walk into the office, and fill it out with all of the other drivers. They can now back up to the docks, sit inside their trucks in comfort, fill out all their paperwork, send it in, and never have to deal with anybody on the dock, providing safety, security, and comfort. Whereas the vans can move into more of the Uber and Lyft marketplaces with maximizing interior space. Whereas we've seen today, people are moving away from limos where we thought stretching our vehicles out gave us more space. We can now get the same amount of space in a compact footprint. The limos of the world are going to change in the future as they've already changed today. Or more people want to cruise around in a massive Escalade or be chauffeured around in a Maybach as opposed to a massive limo. The future may hold vehicles like the Lexus LM minivan or even the Canoe MPV. All of these vehicles are shaping and forming a new marketplace for the future. We're moving away from having all this abundance of machines and wires and product taking up the space inside of our mobility units. Where the electric vehicle craze is going to transform the mobility marketplace into something completely different than it is today. We all believe it starts with the Model S showcasing to us the usage of a front trunk rearward facing seats. But that's just the beginning. We're losing our grill, we're gaining a frunk, and now we're maximizing our space. The electric vehicle marketplace is showing the world what can be done when you don't have to worry about what goes on top 
of the power source. Adding the power source in and making sure it fits in a design is gone. The days of yesterday, where everything had to be designed to fit the power unit. Today, the power unit is a select size. And as long as you can fit that image on top of it, you can do whatever the hell you want. We could have tiny little micro cars with no storage space for usage in the city. And we can move them all the way up to a mid-sized product that has the same interior space of an extended SUV from the turn of the century. The electric vehicle industry is shaping the automotive culture of tomorrow. They're showing us that when you take out that previous internal combustion engine power unit, there is a lot of extra space and we need to use it. Now, can you think of anything else that maybe the electric vehicle industry can look forward to in the future? What product lineups do you think will change? And what other things can we add in? Those are questions for another podcast. So if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment. Go on Spotify, go on iTunes, leave us a review. Email us at email at autolux.net. Send Everjay, myself, what you think of this podcast and tell the world what you think about it. Then hit up all of our social feeds and share this podcast with your friends, your family, your coworkers, hell, even that boss you don't like down the, down the road. Send it to them and say, hey, what does the future have in store for the electric vehicle market? And after that, stop by the Autolux website, take a check around, and see some of the amazing aspects of the automobile industry that you have never seen before. Find companies you've never even heard of, and see cars you didn't even think existed, all on the Autolux.net website. The Autolux podcast has been brought to you by Podbeam.com, Ecom Entertainment Group, and the Autolux.net website. The Autolux podcast is hosted by the one and only Everett GA. So strap yourself in, sit back, and enjoy this one intriguing ride as we evolve into an electric vehicle storage future.